days. Whoa, that's with, that's uh-huh. a trip. It was a, certainly a whirlwind. We didn't spend more than one day at any one of them, so we certainly only got a cursory view. But this this is like asking you know like a mother to pick which of one of her children is her favorite because of course they're all amazing, but which one's your favorite? You you have to pick one. I'm not going to give you an out. <laughs> Let's say you can only um, go back to one of them for the right, rest of your you're life. Right, Which right, one will it right. be? I really enjoyed Zion. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we got to there's a lot of water there. I really like the water and we got to do the Narrows, which is the hike. Yeah. Largely up the creek. I'm sure you know it. I'm sure I still have I haven't done it famous. myself. No, actually. I've never done the Narrows. Okay. I, I of course I've seen lots of photos and video and I've been to the park, but only ever either as a child or with children of my own. And so the Narrows were never quite, you know, just in case of a flash flood or something. Yeah, of course. Of course. You do. You do have to be careful about the flash floods in those slot canyons. But if you walk far enough, you get past all the people. Mm-hmm. And then it's like this beautiful slot canyon and you're alone and it gets a little smaller and it's really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And enjoy doing that. Um yeah, so just camped out on BLM lands every night and went to the national parks during the day and had a great time. Ah, super cool. Mm-hmm. There is something magic about uh, like that juxtaposition between the sandstone, red rock, and having water present, too. It's just like it Absolutely. takes something that's already kind of otherworldly and makes it even more so. It's just, just, just wild. Yeah, and they're so toweringly tall. Yeah. On either side of you, you look up, it's almost dizzying, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a fan. Do you do a lot of hiking? Yeah, yeah, it's, especially right now where my wife and I have so many so small children, it it can't be more than oh, than great. a few hours here and there, you know. But our kids are really into it too, and so yeah. we we usually make it out to some of those desert parks at least once every summer. And we're gonna go dig some dinosaur bones here in a couple of weeks, actually. Um, so oh, exciting! We definitely um, we do what we can to take advantage of the what we've got out here for sure. A lot of public land, a lot of lot of stuff to walk around on <laughs> that's great i think that's really important um i always tried to do that growing up as well went to a lot of parks spent a lot of time on the beach because i'm from clearwater florida um and down here i'd guess the equivalent of hunting for dinosaur bones is people hunt for megalodon shark teeth that's wild um they're into they're into those you can dig them up and not really find them on the beach so often but it's possible nuts a lot of construction sites on earth a lot of megalodon teeth but here's the other thing about dinosaur bones in florida Gemma. Mm -hmm. there are dinosaur bones walking around florida in the bodies (laughs) of alligators and crocodiles all the time absolutely i've only been to florida like twice in my life and still i have nightmares about (laughs) you have nightmares about what alligators and crocodiles those, oh yeah, yeah. Those uh-huh. those monsters, those those literal dragon dinosaur creatures that y'all are just like comfortable living with somehow. I don't understand yeah. it. I just yeah, I scary, 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 scary for me. Yeah, they are. Um, I've honestly barely ever seen a wild alligator mm. move more than ten feet. They don't yeah. move a lot in the wild. They don't do too much. And they're really only a danger if you're a pet or a small child near the water's surface. So mm-hmm. parents, be careful. Yeah, my, um, my sister lived in Florida for a little while, and before she started having kids, she came on back to Utah, and I think that's part of why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she was definitely. She having, having worries. 
Definitely. No, I grew up with the gators and I grew up with a pond down the street that's always had gators in it. And it's never been a problem. See, I grew um, up with a pond down the street that had ducks in it. And I was worried about getting attacked <laughs> by ducks. But like, that's just on a whole nother level. And am I being totally ignorant about the alligator versus crocodile thing? Are they both around in Florida or is it just one or the other? So great question. The Everglades and the southern area of Florida is actually the only place in the world where crocodiles and alligators coexist. Mm. The basic rule is crocodiles are saltwater, a lot more aggressive and a lot more dangerous. Like, I would not mess with a crocodile. Obviously, I wouldn't mess with an alligator either, but I'd be a lot more cautious around an a crocodile than mm. I would around an alligator because alligators are freshwater and they're known to be a lot less aggressive mm. than crocodiles. But in the Everglades, they have both. See, see, my, my whole reference for how to tell the difference between an alligator and a crocodile is that mm -hmm. a very romantically charged scene in Jumanji when Robin oh, Williams gosh. says something about, like, it was actually an alligator. Crocodiles have the fringe or something like that. See, and see, the thing is, I can't even remember what it is that he said because of... Like, you're just caught up in the romantic emotion of the moment. So really, uh -huh. I, I'm hopeless when it comes to uh, dinosaurs that still roam the earth and distinguishing between them. That's funny. That's funny. I think the general rule is one has an underbite, one has an overbite, but I don't want to say it because I don't want to be wrong. And then, and then you'd be like booed off the stage for not being a legit I know. Meridian, right? I know. What? How to nope. tell a crocodile from an alligator. Um, oh, it's that alligators have U-shaped snouts and crocodiles have V-shaped snouts, like pointy snouts. And, you know, I just can't help thinking to myself, I'd rather never be close enough to either to be able to tell what shape their snout is. I fair, I'd be fine enough, with being enough. far enough <laughs> away to not know. <laughs> and... <laughs> That's yeah. just me. But but here's I here's understand the, that. I understand I, I, that. I didn't only bring you on here to talk local flora and fauna. Um the main thing really? I wanted to know, no Gemma, way. is is also like, are you worried about the citrus crop in Florida right now? Because I'm hearing all about this this green rot stuff that I, from what I'm hearing, the orange crop this year in Florida is on track to be like the lowest it's been since like the depression. Does that have all Floridians yeah. worried? Is that a huge deal down there? You know, actually, I haven't heard too much about the orange crop, <laughs> okay. personally. Um, I'm but it joking, does have a big it does have a big impact on our economy, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Oranges and strawberries is the big one in this area. If it freezes, all the strawberry farmers freak out. Oh, that's funny. That probably probably because of where that. I live. I I kind of always think of strawberries as coming from the Pacific Northwest. That's just kind of like mm. berry central in my mind. I hadn't yeah. really thought of berries coming out down there, but that makes sense. You got you got to have a lot of sunshine to make those berries big and juicy. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lots of good, good tropical energy in the system. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see. Here's a really graceful transition. Gemma, hey, you 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 hey. know a lot. You know a lot about uh, crocodiles, alligators, and and citrus crops. Um, I love nature. But it's not even your main focus of study. What neuroscience? I did a little bit of sleuthing. Uh huh. Neurology. You studied neurology. What is what does that mean? First of all, like what did you study? Like to be able to cut brains open, like a surgeon, or are you studying the mysteries of of consciousness? Or you know, like what does a neurology student learn about? Because brains are a thing that are just so opaque and mysterious to me. 
Yeah, absolutely. So my degree was in neuroscience, which is, it was at an undergraduate level. So I didn't do anything clinical. I didn't operate um, on patients or in like a patient directed manner. It was a research based approach. I took a lot of classes similar to what a pre-med major would take, mm-hmm. um, but with more of a focus on psychology and then some neuroscience department specific classes as mm. well. So um, some of my colleagues have gone on to work for tech companies, some have gone on to medical school, some have gone on like to work for research labs, all sorts of things. And then some people like me have gone on to play the bagpipes. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, the other path, <laughs> the other option. The other path, which I really never expected to do. Um, yeah. I'd always been a musician since I was young, but I never expected that it would become a career for me. I always thought it was something casual. It's never really something that people are like, oh, yeah, you should be a musician. Mm. Like, it's really... Um, at least in my experience, right? It's definitely, oh, well, you should study something and then you can always be a musician on the side. Totally. You can always yeah. do local cover band. They don't, it's rare to find encouragement to take that leap because it is a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And I do understand. But um, I never really, I never really thought music could be a career mm-hmm. until it was. And, and now I'm just so excited to be here. Well, it's it's super cool. And it's been very fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, this is not me trying to say like, oh, I've been I've I've been aware of and watching from the very beginning, of, of course. However, you know, what for, from the time that I first started following you on social media and stuff like that, it's been very fun to mm-hmm. see stuff like the recent tour develop. And and when yeah. you put out when you put out, you know, like some original tunes and arrangements and stuff like that, it's very, mm-hmm. very cool and a lot of fun to, to watch. Um uh, Thank you. I'm glad you like it. The 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 college experience is tied to bagpipes, though. Uh, you you went to a school that had a bagpiping scholarship, right? Yes, I attended the College of Worcester, W O O S T E R, in Ohio. It's a liberal arts school about an hour south of Cleveland, mm. and I did get a bagpipe scholarship. However, I studied and got my degree in neuroscience. So I had to meet those requirements of being in the band, going on band tour for one week of my spring break every year, um, going to every football game early on a Saturday, going to every concert. So, you know, it was a great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, it's totally, totally valid of them to require things from the scholarship. But as a student, I. you know, the early football games were tough. Those football but, games, Gemma, I found, where did I see uh-huh. the photo? I think it, was it on this? Let's see. I think it must there be on your There is like, yeah, I know what photo you're it talking about. It looked dangerous. You had some big football dudes running like real close all around you. That looks kind of like, like I'm using, I get nervous in mass bands when we have to all turn around and, and counter march. Sure. But yeah. that's nothing to having a bunch of linebackers in full pads running past me at full speed. Did you ever have any problems with getting your drones knocked off your shoulder or anything like that? Uh, no, I didn't. But that's a tradition that the Worcester band does at every home game. They just have the Pipers play the football team down onto the field and it's mm. like their fight song before they go on, right? But, you know, it's a small enough school. At times, I knew some people on the football team. So you'd be like chatting, you know, turned around chatting with people on the team, whatever, you know, the other Piper next to you is talking to someone else. 
then it's like, okay, go time. Mm. And the mood changes really quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's funny. Worcester actually, my senior year of college, they did a little video on that tradition that you can find on YouTube. And I'm speaking in it and it's a pretty oh, really? it's a pretty goofy little video um, i'm gonna look it up and i will include it i'll, I'll include it in the show notes for anybody listening who wants yeah, to see sure. this goofy little video i'll have it in the show notes for sure yeah it's called defining worcester moment um and it was a it was a fun little project all my professors were like oh jim i saw the new it's like a school promo video right yeah. like promoting the school's music program this is maybe like way too much off to, off to the side, but like having gone to that school, did uh -huh. most people at the school become aware of the, the PG Wodehouse book series, Jeeves and Worcester? Or is that just no, like the silliest connection never, ever to make? And I have never heard of that series ever. It's very funny. I'm sorry. I could highly recommend it. Actually, okay. um, uh, let's see, uh, Hugh uh, Laurie, the guy who plays House, right? Mm -hmm. Dr. House? Mm -hmm. Sure. He, he was a young man. He and uh, Stephen Fry, they are the comedic duo that star in the television adaptation of these books. And they're hilarious together. They're so funny. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll have to check it out. I'll, I'll kind of set in like the 1920s, like a silly kind of foppish rich guy and his and his uh, his butler. Very funny. Very funny. Okay, yeah. now that's, of course, the most important point taken care of in this interview. So we're essentially uh -huh. done now, but we'll keep talking a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I know that, uh, of course, you ended up at, in college with the bagpipes, but that's not where bagpipes started. Uh, yes. You were pretty young when you started piping. Will you tell me about that? Yeah, so I began piping when I was 11 years old in my middle school band, believe it or not. Like, I like pipe band specifically, or did the band include bagpipes? So like, how it worked band. for me was I happened to be attending Dunedin Middle School in Dunedin, Florida, because I lived in the area. Mm. And my parents were musical, so they said, you can choose between band or chorus. Um, and I said, I think I want to do chorus to be defiant. And they said, actually, we were kidding. You're doing band. <laughs> um, and that was a fantastic <laughs> The decision. illusion of choice. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so my, my dad's a saxophone player and... Um, come from a musical family. So mm -hmm. they really wanted me to learn an instrument. I learned the oboe in band class, which I, fun fact, no longer play. <laughs> but during band class, they pitched pipe band club, like essentially as an after-school club, you could oh, say after, gotcha. said, hey, like here's some other learners from your class. They're learning the bagpipes, they're learning the Scottish drums. Isn't that cool? Don't you want to learn? Stay after school, we'll teach you. So it was like, okay, all I have to do is figure out how to get a ride home. Mm -hmm. and I can learn the bagpipes. So that's what I did. I was a band nerd, um, loved it, started competing with the grade five middle school band. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty cool for a middle school great. club. Like, did, did you have like, like adult counselors who knew pipes or was it like very student driven? Yeah. So we had a lot of support from the city of Dunedin, which ah. also, as you may know, has a pipe band, right. uh, very successful pipe band. So they fund programs in their schools, middle and high school, to teach kids the bagpipes. So mm. they have bagpipes as part of their band, and the whole band wears kilts. So that's how I began. Um, and then I played with Tampa Bay Pipe Band for four years when I went off to high school. It was an adult, like, not linked to my school band. Mm -hmm. And then got the bagpipe scholarship to college. Um, I competed all through middle and high school. That's when I did most of my competition 
um, was middle and high school and, you know, breaks between the schedule. How, how, how quickly did you get, you're up grade two right now, right? Yes. How quickly did that happen? Or is that, is that more recent? Yeah. So I've been in grade two since I was 17. Sheesh. So I definitely like focused on education during college, focused on getting my degree, doing well, you know, I got good grades. That was important to me. That's Um, that's a smart way to do college, but also like not the most common way to do college either. So good for you (laughs) for like putting putting it to the use it was intended. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, it's when, you know, college is expensive these days. You can't take it for granted. You know, the whole thing is, Um, a lot of people at my school were aware of this too. And it was like, if I skip class, like I'm just costing myself money. Yeah. Um, At the end of the day, that's a harsh way to think of it, but it's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously be kind to yourself, but, um, so where was I? Uh, let's see. Uh, did you, I asked you a question, but now I can't even remember the question that I asked you. Um, it's Okay. (laughs) <laughs> but oh, how 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 quickly you got into grade two was the question, and how long you? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I hit and competition really so hard. Um, middle and high. I I remember getting moved up. I really wanted to be grade one by the time I graduated high school. That obviously was a fever dream. I mean, um, but pretty I darn ambitious. But look what happened yeah, as a result. You still made it to grade two. That's amazing. It was, and then I competed in grade two my senior year of high school. Got recruited for Worcester. Um, and then the Worcester band does more is more of a is less of a competition focus, which mm-hmm. is appropriate for a college with a demanding academic schedule sure, and all the sure. members or students. And in my case, when I was in the band, none of the other pipers were studying music. Everybody was studying some other subject. Mm, that's interesting. Um, they were just also on scholarship to play the bagpipes. So Kids, if you want money to play the bagpipes, it does help. Yeah. It does help with your college. Did and and did you did you already have in mind previous to going to school that you you wanted to try Ohio out for any other reason, or was it more like let's see where I could get scholarships? Oh, here's one, you know, and so I guess I'll go there. Yeah, I applied to a lot of schools, and it definitely came down to I wanted to go out of state, and I wanted the best school that would give me the best scholarship money. And yeah, that sure. Ended up being Worcester, and a lot of that was because of the bagpipe connection, and they mm. have a specific um, thing for that. Does does that neuroscience background make you think? <laughs> make you think. It's so funny the brain mm-hmm. stuff. You know, that's what you do with yeah. your brain. Um, but does it does it, do you find yourself thinking differently about? uh music having done some formal study about the brain psychology all kinds of stuff like that i think it definitely does um Mm. what i think about a lot these days is like have you ever listened to the huberman lab podcast oh for sure yeah yeah um a lot of I'm I'm a man who uses the internet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't exactly. Help having heard of him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, my mom my mom loves the Huberman lab. Yeah. And I think now what I try to look at for neuroscience influencing what I do is looking at how to optimize productivity and just noticing patterns how my brain works. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a good pattern, that's a bad pattern. Here's how I use it. You know, gamifying things, making things fun cuz I do all like I do all my own clerical work, like emails, um, posting, like, yeah, so, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. So it it gets to be a uh, uh, a lot sometimes. <laughs> that that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about because uh, uh, of course I, I'd imagine that probably anybody listening right now is already well aware that you are. Um, let's see, I don't want to sound patronizing if I say rising star because you're pretty well established as a uh, a social media presence. Um, but like, no, that's that's very kind. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you know. I mean, at least at least in my mind, when I think like. TikTok bagpipes. It's it's you and Piper Alley are the two people that come to mind. Um, and so, yeah, I think. I, anyway, what I'm trying to say is just that, like, yeah, that can be a lot of stuff to do. And I was curious, like, what is, is there a is there a, do you set up like rules or is there a format or formula for you where you like do you have a calendar where you say I need to do this kind of post every other day? I'm go- or do you like stack up? I'm gonna capture a bunch of footage before this such and such gig and then space out posts from that like I, I i am foreign to the business side of like being a personality on the internet and so um like what what all goes into that because i'm assuming it's not all just going to be like it just comes naturally i just post when i feel like it there's surely like effort behind it that i don't see you know what i mean yeah there's definitely um a lot of learning that goes into it but Also, for me, I'm not the most organized as I could be about content creation because I do, like, I do make most of my living performing. Mm -hmm. So that's more of a priority for me at this point. Um, Obviously, content is important and social media is important and I try to do it. But I unfortunately just don't have the resources right now to make an original video every day and do the performing that I do and, um, you know, shower every day so just the basics of living yeah yeah, for sure yeah so I definitely don't post as much as I'd like I'd love to be more organized about it but what I have more practices that I do in my routine that I already have that caused me to create content that I then go back to edit pull a piece out of it that I like and then I'll post so very often when I warm up for a gig um I'll set aside time to tune, you know, often you get 10 minutes to tune. Mm -hmm. So once you're almost done with that, you can set up your phone against a wall, against wherever I put it really random places and just play, like just play for three, four minutes in front of your camera. Somebody's probably going to interrupt you. It might be funny. You might have to start again but I'll just sit there and get a batch of content and then I'll go into it and create clips from it. Mm. But yeah, I definitely want to start doing, start doing more of that, but I'm also right now trying to record an album. Right. Yeah. That is is a priority. Actually. And that's, that's one thing. um, So we're recording this, like I, I think any listener who's tuned into the show before probably already knows that I often record then there's kind of a time lapse during which I, I do the post work and it maybe is a minute before the episode mm-hmm. comes out. So maybe we could even time it so that uh, if you've got the album ready or even like a preliminary yeah. version, we could cut in. Maybe we could put a track from the album to open the episode, one to close. Maybe we could even stick one in here. Um, oh, I can. Yeah, I have something. I can definitely pull together a demo thing to put at the beginning or end of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to include Mm -hmm. some samples of it. And then, and then once it it comes into existence, I'll make sure for sure that there are links to where the album can be had uh, in the show notes too. So anybody listening, hop down there to 
to go straight to the album. Will the nuisance be on that album? Because I like that tune. Yes, it will. Good question. A lot of original tunes with singing and bagpipes, which is what I really, it's what I like. It's fun. Some what I like to make. Some, some of the social media stuff that you put out, some of your YouTube videos and stuff like that are consistently in what looks like a recording studio space. Um, mm-hmm. Is that a, a space that you have constant access to yourself or, or is that where you're recording the album or um, is that uh, just like a yeah. friend's place or what, what's up with that? Yeah, so that is actually uh, a friend studio. Mm. It's also used by North of Argyle as well, the mm. band. Um, it's if you if you look at some of their videos and some of my videos, you'll realize oh that's in the same room, ah. isn't it? Um, but it's a studio space that we have access to a lot of the time. Like mm-hmm. I have to I have to let people know I'm coming. But um, yeah, that's super pretty cool. nice to have. Mm-hmm. I, I really like and now now I could be I could be stitching together multiple memories in my brain and so I might be remembering wrong but I feel like in that space is where you did a video of your uh was it a real a real ver- I feel like it was a jig version of the parting glass mm-hmm. that I really thought yeah. was so cool like well like what a cool idea like that's that's one of those songs like of course it makes sense to like end the night with it mm-hmm. at a gig but and I think you even mentioned this. I don't remember if you said it out loud or if you put it in the in the description mm-hmm. or what. That like, it's also fun to end on a fast note, you know, like having fun. For sure. And uh, I, I thought that that was a very tastefully done rendition of that tune. for one would be all for snatching up uh that jig version because i i would love I, I would love to incorporate that into my own gigs for sure i like that a lot 
Yeah, awesome. I'm glad you like it. I'll send it to you after the after the conversation. <laughs> That's what I was fishing for, really. Can I get yeah, it for free? No, That's what I'm Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. No, 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 no. You you you've you've always been very supportive. And I would love to see people playing my tunes. Whenever somebody sends me an email right now, I've just been sending them my tunes. I'll eventually get it set up so that I have multiple tunes to uh to sell as a package, but mm-hmm. um that's in the future. It's also funny that you should mention the parting glass. That's always just been one of my favorite traditional tunes. I think Yeah. it's so expressive. Um, but also, yeah, you like to end the night on a rocking one. You have to leave the audience wanting more. For sure. Yeah. So it was good um, on this. So actually on this last tour that I did with Jesse Offgang. Yeah, with um, Jesse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another professional piper. I, I actually have he, an interview with him. Speaking of taking a long time to get edits done, it's in the hopper. It'll come out soon. And so, oh, great. Awesome. The, the way things shake out sometimes, yours actually might come out before his, but at some point, both will be out. So, Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, he was fantastic to work with, did a great job of putting these performances together up in the Connecticut and New York area. Mm-hmm. And we were able to both be pipers and multi-instrumentalists backing each other up sometimes you know him playing illin pipes i'm backing him up on piano sometimes i'm singing and playing the guitar and he's playing the illin pipes and sometimes you know he's playing guitar and i'm playing small pipes or things like that so we got to really have fun with the combinations of different instruments that we both could play because um I play guitar, bass, you know, bagpipes, small pipes, piano, and then he plays that plus a million things, flute, illins. Um, having the illins was really fun to perform with just because they can play rests and they have kind of a different quality to them. Yeah. So I really enjoyed doing that. But we did a version of the parting glass in the set where I started out a cappella singing the parting glass the oh, first yeah. verse through until good night and joy be to you all and then i come in he starts like strumming on the da 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 for the drones and then come in with the jig so that was a really fun one to end on you know lots of claps right yeah audience but yeah the parting glass is one of my favorites and i i like the jig part yeah, as that, well. Thank you. I'm glad idea. you like it too. Yeah, yeah. I do. I like. I'll send that much. to you as well. And I, I, I really enjoyed seeing some of the the posts that you guys were both sharing from your tour. It was a lot of fun to kind of yeah. see, like peek in on, like, oh, where are they going tonight, kind of thing, you know. And uh, I do remember one of them where you, I, I'm trying to remember now which tune it was, or maybe it was mm-hmm. a couple of tunes, something that I recognized, and I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. cool to see it. You were doing it small pipes and illin pipe. But then mm-hmm. you put the you put the small pipes down and walked off to the corner and there was a grand piano over there and you just joined in on the piano as he kept yeah. going on the own pipes. That was great. Super cool. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'm glad you liked that one. That was Colin Bay, I think. That's that right, you're talking Colin about. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Colin Bay. Uh we figured out that the first and second parts like layer well over the third and fourth parts. Ah, uh, yeah. And then we also tried to do that in our set is like surprise people with the instrument switches. It just keeps things interesting. Oh, and, for sure, yeah. Yeah, just walk over to the piano and come in. People are like, oh, wow. Now, this is so. maybe like super duper silly of me, but like mm-hmm. early on, I feel like maybe it was like before the tour started. 
Um, mm-hmm. There was a video that you guys posted. Well, maybe it was just you that posted it. I can't remember now exactly where I saw it. But mm-hmm. it was both of you on Highland Pipes, but in different locations. Um, mm. You know, it was like hopping back and forth between you. And I couldn't help. Like, like I, I, I'm totally open to this being like the silliest thing and let it be an indictment of my own uh, insular thinking. But I couldn't help thinking to myself, his Highland Pipes look so like kind of like uh, rough and we might even say masculine. And your mm-hmm. Highland Pipes look so we might even say like cute and feminine, you know, like mm-hmm. the the instruments themselves <laughs> seemed almost to match like stereotypical expectations of the the genders of the people playing them <laughs> that's funny was did you feel yeah, like, I wait, like like when on tour with somebody it's like having them for a roommate was there any degree of like typical messiness about being with jesse <laughs> like basically what i'm saying is dish the dirt about jesse off gang i want to hear <laughs> oh man oh man um well he he was a good host but you know um we we did some sweeping, but that's okay. <laughs> and we all had fun. But but also um, your your cool looking pipes is one of the first things on social media that like for me caught my attention. I I also am a uh, maybe maybe to a silly degree a a a blinger of my bagpipes. I like to bedazzle mm-hmm. my chords and things oh, like that. Oh, me too. And and uh, yes, because of seeing your pipes, I've got actually a roll of fine metal chain here that I still haven't yes. managed to put on there but I was like ah oh, that's the next thing that I'm missing I need to weave some chain in there has that always yeah, been a thing for you I like ever that. since you were a kid or was that like after a while you were like I need to make these fancy no ones. actually I'm pretty sure so that's exactly how I did it too is I went to Michael's and I bought a roll of chain mm-hmm. and I put it on with zip ties to my pipes and I First did it, I think, in, like, 2021, mm-hmm. before a St. Patrick's Day photo shoot. Because I was oh, like, yeah. oh, let me trick out. I wasn't even a St. Patrick's Day photo shoot. It was just, like, I was going to take some pictures, and I wanted to trick out my pipes mm-hmm. to make them look snazzy, have another accessory. I'd seen some photos before where the bagpipes were decorated. I was mm-hmm. like, let's see. Um, and I've kind of kept the chain look for a while, because I think it fits those bagpipes pretty well with the nickel embellishments. Right, but totally. As I start to get the other pipes, I really should start decorating those too. So Michael's better watch out. <laughs> Here she comes. That's a craft store, by the way. Oh, yes. Yes, I knew that. But you're, that's a good point. They might be regionally different. You yeah, know, might viewers, not be everywhere, so. you know. Yeah. Um, speaking of other pipes, you, you are something of a spokesperson for the Carbony Company, which... Um, yeah, it's such an interesting company. I feel like, and this isn't meant as a critique of of them in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I've been aware of them for a very long time because they make a very unique product, mm-hmm. you know. And and also because like I'm into didgeridoos and and stuff like that too. So like they've got a lot of stuff that I'm like, oh, that seems cool. But they're also not cheap, and so it's it's like for sure. I've yeah. I've still not met one of their instruments in person. You know, I've only ever seen them online. Mm-hmm. And so how did that relationship come about? And also like you know. I if if there's negative stuff I don't I'm not pressuring you to say anything negative of course but like yeah. what's it like playing carbon fiber bagpipes No yeah great question so I really like Carbony and I connected with Carbony because I too had seen them at games growing up and I really like Rob the owner's business model of how he goes to all these different games connects with people mm-hmm. lets you try the instrument really get to know the instrument and then 
I, I really like a community-based approach, right? Mm. So I've been aware of Carbony and my social media took off on Instagram um, kind of quickly on that particular platform. So he reached out to me and was like, hey, would you be interested in a sponsorship? Um, I took a look into the brand, obviously, and I really like that. I really like a couple of their values that number one, the carbon is also a more sustainable process mm. in that it doesn't require a, a finite resource such as blackwood that does require a lot of transportation, a lot of aging. Um, and it has a potential to last. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with African blackwood, right? But sure, sure. there are concerns about cracking moisture, other things that you just don't have to worry about with the carbon. And for me in Florida, I was always worried about the heat and my bagpipes. So mm -hmm. I'm really happy to have a set that I don't have to baby as much, so to speak, yeah, totally. to keep them sounding good. So I started out with the carbon pipes. I actually got them in April of this year. Oh, so, so I it guess hasn't I've been only that long had at them all. for no, it hasn't been that long. It was at the Dunedin Highland Games that Rob brought them to me. And I also like that he's an artisan maker, like runs a small business, um, made in the USA, has a really unique process to make them as well, a couple mm -hmm. patents. And then another thing that I love to do is water sports. So particularly I like kiteboarding. Um anything to do with the wind. I really like wind sports. That's awesome. And he's based out of Corvallis, Oregon. Mm. And Hood River, Oregon is basically like kiteboarding central USA. Mm. And his carbon fiber pipes are made in a factory that used to manufacture hydrofoils, oh. which I think is just a real, which is a piece of kite equipment. And I think it's really cool that I go out and you do sports on this material mm -hmm. and then I come in and then I do music on this material. Yeah. Right. Yeah, your, 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 your worlds have collided. Yeah. So I just, I really felt like it was a good fit. Um, and also I like that he's an artisan maker. Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of big brands, but hooray for the little guy. Right. Yeah, and aside from being like made from an interesting and unique material, I have always liked he he has a very like clean kind of finish look to it. You know the the absolutely like that. they're beautiful to play. Yeah. The sound is a lot brighter than mm. Blackwood, um, and I've been able to put my for now I have my G one B flat chanter in there, mm -hmm. but I will be getting another chanter for that very soon. Do you, that plays in B flat. Do you find them like on the shoulder? Do they feel noticeably heavier or lighter than Blackwood? This is again just me like yeah. only ever seeing photos of these instruments. So I, you know, like what's it like to touch them basically, right? Are, are they, yeah, are for they heavy sure. Or, or light or what? For sure. They're actually very light mm. um, because the durability of the material allows you to make a thinner sidewall. Oh, Because gotcha. you don't have to worry about cracking as much, so you don't need as much thickness in the actual mm. stock itself. So I happen to there's two designs. One is a more traditional size, and one is like the light, you know, version apparently. Mm -hmm. um, 
that is just designed to be more streamlined, sleek, and light, just kind of of a smaller size scene, experimenting with the size of the bores and the stocks mm. um, to make a, a lighter functional bagpipe. Yeah, gotcha. So mine are surprisingly, surprisingly light compared to my Blackwood and Nickel Highlands. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's maybe just a, a sign of the times or my own one track mind or something that is, as soon as you say like a light version, I can't help imagining like, how would you set up a set of bagpipes so that like they come with ads? So like every time you strike in, you know, you, you have to hear an ad before the music starts or something like that. <laughs> Subscription-based bagpipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, please, no. May, may it never come to that. <laughs> oh, man. Have you seen those, like, subscription-based motorcycle vests? No, I haven't. It's just, the most, it's just the most dystopian thing. Like, it's this piece of safety equipment you can buy that you also have to buy a subscription to. Oh my goodness. So like what happens if you, like your car doesn't run and you right. get in an accident? My like, subscri- my subscription runs out and suddenly it's like sorry. So oh, <laughs> shouldn't so have let your subscription so lapse before you got that accident. No. Keep <laughs> keep bagpipes free. Yeah, my goodness. You know? no, no, bagpipes no. are not free also. Right, they cost obviously. Quite right, a bit yeah. of money. Yeah. <laughs> and maintenance and headaches, but All the that's why we do yeah. what we do. The It's the, not anything we don't love. Do, do you feel like do you feel like the um with the with the carbon fiber materials I'm just thinking about like mm-hmm. like watching those videos like you 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 and Jesse were were playing shows pretty frequently one after another sometimes outdoor yeah. sometimes indoor you know and traveling probably changing yeah. elevation and stuff like that and I couldn't mm-hmm. help think to myself every time I saw you playing together how long did they have to get into that room beforehand just to get their instruments mm-hmm. out and play and play and play to get stuff settled and get into tune. That's a lot of reads between all those drones and all those chanters to get them all to, to play yeah. nicely together. Um, so I guess yeah. two part question, first of all, what was that like on tour? Did it take a long time or did you get it down to a mm-hmm. science by the end? And secondly, mm-hmm. does the carbon fiber like stay in the same spot a, a lot more than mm. more natural materials? Or maybe it's not a noticeable, noticeable difference or maybe it's more down to the reads. I don't really know. Just, just curious what your experience is. Mm-hmm. Great question. So the show was, the tour was seven shows in 10 days. Wow. So yeah. it was a little bit of a rigorous schedule. Um, and we did end up doing our coldest show was the only outdoor show. It was mm, the only cold course. day. It was the only yeah. day we were outdoors. <laughs> Ain't that always I'm the from way. Florida. <laughs> yeah, really you were probably just dying, huh? <laughs> I was like, I'm so cold. Um, <laughs> and you from Florida, it's probably like, what, 65 degrees outside or something, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. 65 with wind chill. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> no, that, that particular day was uh, in the 50s. Oh, like, yeah. So probably low Legit 50s. cold, yeah. Um, not that that's legit cold either. I'm probably going to get much fun of for saying <laughs> right. that. But it's Every, okay. Everybody in the Dakotas is like, oh, this Florida. They're like, oh, what do you mean 50s is cold? Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, and they would have a point. They really would. I can't act like they would. So we ended up doing those shows and bringing all our own equipment to it. So it was a lot of tuning. We had Mm -hmm. to get there hour and a half, two hours before every show because we had guitars to tune. We had more than six channels of microphones, you know, inputs to set up into the there's so many instruments for two people. Yeah. But it was worth it because, you know, 
being a bagpiper and multi-instrumentalist is a really cool skill. Mm. It's not a common one, and it's great to have somebody else to work with to back you up on stage. Actually, um, yeah, like, how did that even come about? Like, have you and Jesse competed against each other in the past? Or, like, how did you get to know each other, and why did it, why did it come about, that this, this yeah. decision to do a joint tour? Yeah, so it kind of came out of a, an interesting Instagram DM. So he sent me a message this, this right before... This is a, a very fun opening to any story. It started exactly. with an in, interesting Instagram DM. An interesting Instagram <laughs> DM. So it was before the Jacksonville Highland Games this February. He sent me a message on my Juma Bagpipes page. He runs an Instagram for his piping too. Said, hey, you know... I'm going to be at this competition. Would you want to do a video together? Mm-hmm. I living in Florida, I don't live around a lot of um, young bagpipers my age mm-hmm. that. So it was, I was like, yeah, cool. Like another bagpiper, like sent me some videos. He can definitely play. Cool. Let's do a video at the games. I'm already going to go to compete. So let's go. Mm-hmm. So I go, I compete. We do like some little TikToks afterwards and find out we know a lot of the same tunes. And he's like, hey, I got uh, I got hired for a show tonight at a Irish pub in downtown St. Augustine. And I don't really have that much of a set planned, like having another person to play with to make it easier. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come to the set with me? I was like, okay, maybe. And then I just hung around all day, hanging out with everyone. And I was like, okay, it looks like I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So... I wanted to do it. I was just like, I was hesitant because I had a three hour drive ahead of me and I knew that I would be getting home at like 1am. Yeah. So I do the gig. It goes great. We have a great time with the St. Augustine pipe band. Charleston pipe band was there as well. It was really fun. And after that, he says, do you want to do the video? That's where the Kay and Kyle video came from. That was just a remote collaboration that we did to an original tune of mine called Kay and Kyle. Wait, that was the I... Highland Pipe one? Yes. You mentioned that was an that original, before, really? That one, yes. That well, I wrote that how one. cool again. Uh-huh. Jeez. I know. I wrote that for a couple that was getting married in another state, and... The bride contacted me and said, hey, would you be willing to write a custom tune for our wedding? I was like, absolutely. Just waiting for someone to ask, right? (laughs) Yeah, I've been waiting for this my whole life. So um, if anybody needs a custom tune for their wedding, I will write you a beautiful tune. And you can name it whatever you want. So that's where that tune came from. It was Mm. a wedding wedding jig. And then... After that, he was like, well, I could probably set up some performances up here. You know, let's talk business, get a tour set up. I can do some booking. Like, what are your dates, you know? And wham, bam, you take a leap of faith and here you go. Yeah. It went really well. I was really happy with with the turnout. Yeah, um, what, what, what like posts and stuff came through that I got to see, it sure looked like it was mm-hmm. always a good time and, and everything yeah. sounded so great. It looked like y'all were having fun and stuff. Super cool. It was really fun. It what, was a really fun tour. Was it the kind of thing that now you're like, you, you know, like I'd be willing to do that again or like I can't wait to do that again or like I'm never going to do that again. Like it was fun, but I'm never doing yeah. it again. Like, you know, how to how Yeah, so we're, we're definitely going to do it again in my area. Oh, right on. Because part of why we ended up doing it up there is because he, Jesse, lives up there, has connections in the area. 
I live down here, you know, I know churches that would love to have us play for them and Mm -hmm. venues and coffee, cocktail houses. And so we'll see, right? We'll see. We'll, we'll, yeah. Alligator farms, orange Um, orchards, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh huh. questionable laboratories right totally so i I wasn't gonna bring up the other florida crop but (laughs) since you did (laughs) yeah so i did play a gig this year for uh an astronaut what really it was cool yeah oh that's bagpipes are crazy guys don't quit get all kinds of cool stuff never quit i know the learning curve is really hard I have oh, some students that are struggling with the learning curve, but that, that was the other thing I was going to ask quit. you about. The, the, the you do the, you do the gigs, you you're working on the album, uh, you've got a social media presence that you maintain, mm-hmm. and you teach. So, what does teaching look like for you? Do you have is it all one on one Zoom classes? Is it a lot of in person stuff? Uh, do you have like a web portal where you've got like pre recorded lessons that people pay to get have access to? What what does that side of your yeah. your business look like? Yeah, so right now I do in-person and Zoom teaching. It's really a combination of both. But Mm. right now I have more students in person than I do on Zoom. Just because there's there's a demand for private bagpipe instructors in in the Florida area. There's not too many people that do it. I have two Mm. separate students that travel over two hours each way to come to lessons. Just because of how things work out um well hey because a lot of i don't doubt that you're also giving quality lessons like you don't you don't have to make this all about you know lack of availability i'm I'm sure they're also traveling because you're a very good teacher well that's sweet um but yeah i mean you know most of them uh follow my social media or um found out of me found out about me through my website just looking for a local bagpipe teacher online Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I do lessons, but I am so busy that sometimes I do sometimes I do struggle with like the communication of it. Oh sure, so yeah. I can. I haven't I can set up cal- I haven't set up a Calendly or anything or yeah. like a remote scheduling just because my schedule can change at the last minute with performances and. It sounds to me like yeah. you're you're headed on the fast track toward needing a a, a personal assistant here in the in the future. <laughs> uh, well, I would <laughs> I would certainly like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would certainly like that. I the, gotta gotta grow a little more first. Sure. But. Yeah. The um the, this is something that like I I I realize that like it's a it's a a perhaps kind of cringy thing for for any old mm-hmm. guy like me to do to be like, well, I know about women because I have a daughter or I have a mom, you know? Um, but I have a, a bunch of kids and only one of them is a girl. And of course, as mm-hmm. a bagpiper, I really like, I'm trying not to push my kids into doing anything. Right. Mm-hmm. But I really hope they'll all want to play bagpipes, you know, yeah. and I kind of strongly nudge them that direction and expose them to it and stuff like that. And my daughter, who's only, she's only very little. She's, she's only just done kindergarten, right? But um, mm-hmm. in general, she's just not interested. And like, part of that might be that she'll never be interested and that's totally okay. But I, I do think representation matters. Um, like, yeah. just having seen it, I mean, like, I, having seen it in a lot of different ways among like 
friends of mine and and stuff like that like mm-hmm. i i'm i am the personally my my lived experience is that of sort of the target audience for everything right <laughs> i'm mm-hmm. uh i'm a mid thirties uh straight white man in America, so everything's for me right and uh and so it really is a perhaps it's sad that it's an eye opening experience, but it is an eye opening experience for me to have a daughter um and and realize that like she it really matters to her when like what she's seeing looks like her you know because she's a kid you know it would for any kid just when i was a kid everything looked like me so it was never a thing right and and she has told me before that she's just not interested in bagpipes but then when i show her posts from you and piper alley Mm -hmm. she lights up and goes i want to do that right and so it's like look like nothing against other pipers That's but so sweet. you know well she's so little right and i'm sure that like as any human grows up they can start to see that kind of like excitement or inspiration in any person whether that no matter what that person looks like and if it matches the way mm-hmm. that person themselves looks right but she is mm-hmm. very much identified with what she looks like and she she is i just i don't know i don't maybe you know about more about it with your studies of the brain and stuff right like i don't totally understand it this is just me with my one daughter right so a sample size of one that like what she sees matters in terms of like what she identifies with and it does make a big difference and there is kind of a few and far between situation with ladies who play bagpipes still and maybe that's an old point that's you know becoming moot because and then wouldn't that be a great thing but i do think it matters you know and uh yeah n- now i've monologued for so long yeah. i'm lost so yeah you pick up Gemma. talk, talk no you're fine you're fine <laughs> Representation is definitely important, and I I'm so glad to hear that your daughter is inspired by videos of, you know, young performers playing the bagpipes. I can definitely say, I've met Piper Alley. She's amazing, and that's definitely a big part of why we both do what we do is to inspire other people, young people, people of any age, really, um, and especially young girls to play the bagpipes because mm-hmm. when you're growing up a piper. You know, it's it can be hard to find your place um, in that group. And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of pipers start at any, you can start at any age, but many pipers begin young. Many musicians that do it professionally begin music when they're young. Mm-hmm. So it's especially important to get younger girls and younger, you know, younger boys and younger people into bagpiping. Mm-hmm. that I think you, you can make a great impact. And I think communities investing into music programs or bagpiping programs, I think would be a great way to do that. Yeah. But yeah, as far as um, I think a lot of, a lot more women are joining pipe bands. I think there's definitely been a lot of progress there Yeah, from I... the old days when, people were grumpy. I haven't run into a lot of that. I haven't run into discrimination in any of my competitions for being a woman, right? I haven't ever had like a piping judge say like, oh, you shouldn't be here. You're a woman. But I know that that's happened in the past. So it's obviously because of those women who've broken barriers in the past that I'm able to do this in the first place. So hats off to them. Did you ever read the, the case of the whistling bagpipe from the Nancy Drew series? I actually did, yes. Do you, do you uh-huh. remember that she goes to a bagpipe manufacturing factory and they tell them there that girls don't play the bagpipes? 
They, is that in the book? It's in the book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. They, they say that no, the girls girls put on our, our our special national costumes and learn the dances, but they don't play bagpipes. Though though mm-hmm. this is after Nancy Drew herself has proven herself a bagpipe prodigy, so you know the book kind of disproves that rule in, within itself anyway. You know to some degree, but uh, yeah, for sure, Nancy Drew. Yeah. Nancy Drew is. A sick bagpiper. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's she definitely progressed piper. very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she definitely progressed very quickly into playing the whole instrument. Yeah, yeah. The whistling bagpipe. I wish I could make my bagpipe whistle. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, I I did ask. I asked Adrian Melvin, who's a reed maker, about like the things mm-hmm. that they describe in that book. Like, hey, is this legit? Like, are these things? And he seemed to think it was you know mostly just invention for the story, which is fine, you know. But it was it's just fun to think about. I guess it's fun to take things too seriously sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Now, That's fun. Now you, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you can tell me. You know, you don't have to divulge your middle name if you don't want to, but I'm really hoping you can at least tell me that your middle initial is H. Is that the case? It is not. Dag no. nabbit. Because no, my... then your initials would be G H B. Great high the bagpipes. Oh, it would. Um, my middle name is Elizabeth. All right. So my initials are G E B, which backwards is Beg. Yay. There, that's that's fine too. <laughs> there you go. But, but your first name is, is kind of unique, and this did come up in a, in a conversation we had earlier, where like my context for people named Gemma is when I was living in Mexico, speaking Spanish, and so I still have kind of a, it's weird for me to say Gemma. Like it feels like I should be saying Gemma. And you, yeah. you mentioned something at that point. Like it wasn't an uncommon name, at least where I was. You know, like mm-hmm. I knew multiple Gemmas, and so. Mm-hmm. But didn't you mention that you spoke Spanish? Did you did you go abroad or something at some point? What was the what was the situation there? Yeah, yeah. So I have uh, gone by Hema before, mm-hmm. and it was when I was studying abroad in college in Ecuador. In Ecuador. My, in my junior year in 2018, I did a semester abroad and then ended up going back for the summer. So six months total in mm. 2018, I spent living in Ecuador. Um, Speaking Spanish, I I went for a ecology and conservation program the first time through a study abroad program that any student from any American college could sign up for and come study abroad type thing. They had programs in many countries. This is this is um, just so fitting with your interest in like the outdoors and hiking and stuff like that. Like yeah, of, I loved of it. Of course you did an ecology study abroad. Like of course you. Did. I loved it. <laughs> it was it was very nice. Um, very educational. I learned a ton and I ended up loving it so much that I came back that next summer. There was a program through my school that would fund you if you could find an unpaid internship. I was Uh like, okay, let me email my old professor, see if I can find anything in Ecuador and I'll go back to Ecuador for the summer. Look at this scholarship. So I ended up doing that worked in a Spanish-speaking lab, ended up meeting the vice president of Ecuador on my second day of work. Really? Um, yeah, crazy stuff. I had no idea what was going on. I was like, vice presidente? Like, who? <laughs> like, which one? Um, and overall, ended up making some amazing friends and learning to connect with a whole new language and culture that also came in handy back home, right? I grew up in Florida, which has a a lot of Spanish speaking is very relevant here. Like, sure, for sure, yeah. There's a lot of Spanish speakers. It's very common in the culture. You go to Miami, 
and the language that the gas station clerk speaks to you is Spanish, not English. Like English right. is the like, other one. Con- contemporary so think, times as well as historically, like there's a yeah. lot of Spanish going on in Florida for sure. For sure. And I think it's, I think it's more reflective of the globe to have more than one language be useful in a society. So mm. I think it's great to, I think it's, I've just had a great time acquiring that skill. Yeah. And now I remember when I couldn't understand the language and now I can. And however, I'm, it's, I'm not perfect. Right. Um, but I am, I am able to speak and live and, and work confidently. You, you ever hear that? Um, I don't know if you call this an axiom or a, a, a saying or, or what it, it goes. I think there are different variations of it, but it, it goes something like um, if you want to speak of love, uh, speak in French. If you want to speak of of food, speak in Italian. If you want to speak of money, speak mm-hmm. English. And if you want to speak to God, speak Spanish. Oh, that's lovely. Though, though I think whoever's saying that their preference for which language will be privileged will change the order of <laughs> which language does what. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what language they speak. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it all it all gets shifted around. But yeah, did, I had did, a oh, great ahead. time. Many, many adventures. Go ahead. Did, did you take your pipes with you on either trip down to Ecuador? No, no bagpipes. Did, no bagpipes. Did the, but did your, interest, your, did your interest in bagpipes combined with learning Spanish spark any mm-hmm. kind of interest in the Galician gaita? Which carpenting yeah, actually makes some of those too, don't they? They do. And the owner and manufacturer is originally a gaitero not oh, is he? a highland bagpiper oh, I didn't know um, that. He, he does both but his primary instrument was the gaita hmm. um so i actually had i've always been interested in different types of bagpipes but i've always really only played the highland bagpipes small pipes the the scottish variety mm-hmm. but i actually had a interesting opportunity to play with carlos nunez the glacian piper when i was younger Really? He was traveling through, and he often likes to hire local musicians to accompany him on sh- in shows. And the lead came through my pipe band kind of last minute. We're not super close to Gainesville. show was in Gainesville, like two hours away. So we probably weren't the first group to hear about it and heard about it kind of late. Nobody could do it because it was like, we need you to learn this new jig on this time and everybody else had jobs and I was a high school kid. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll do this. I'll do this bagpipe show on a stage. Cool. I didn't really understand. Mm. I didn't really get it. I was like, okay, cool. Like awesome. Carlos, whoever this guy Um, is. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just, at that time, I'd only. Maybe I'll teach him a thing or two. (laughs) No, no, no. I definitely didn't think that. No, but I'd only been a piper for, Probably like three years. What um, what year was that? Do you remember about? about? It would have been like, it would have been like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. Because hmm. I, I, I don't think. I don't mean to cut you off. I want to hear the rest of the story. I'm just trying to because my my no you're fine. Really, my whole context for like finding out about the the gaita in my personal life was Carlos mm-hmm. Nunez when he did stuff with the chieftains. And so it's ah. like it's like the thing for me as far as like what like that was the 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 spark of of what's continued to be a a real fascination with the instrument. And so Carlos Nunez is kind of like a a huge deal. Oh, for, he's a god. He, yeah. He, he's not, awesome. Yeah, not just for me. He's a really big deal. And so just uh, I'm just thinking like he's whoa, fantastic. Was, that, was that around the time that he was doing stuff with the chieftains or what, right? So 
I, I don't remember yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know when he did um, stuff with the Chieftains. In fact, I can't, I can't um, remember either like sure if when, he was actually yeah. playing with them on that Santiago album or if he just did tours with them. Either way, though, Carlos Nunez. Big yeah, player. the Chieftains, amazing as well. I'd love to see them live. Mm. Um, I'd kill to see them both. Um, you know, he... Yeah, I had a great time. I was it was a theater show. Like I was just having I was having a great time because there were people there to tell me what to do. Uh, and sure. I was just not I was not I wasn't that nervous. Mm-hmm. Kind of probably because I didn't realize how big of a sh- like Right. It's how, probably a good thing you didn't know, right? If you had known, maybe um, you would have got nervous. So I did I did know who I had I'd looked it up after. Yeah, yeah. Had a had it was very nice. Um recommended some local beaches hmm. um to him yeah. so i'm sure he doesn't remember me but it was a it was a good time and i got to learn a little bit about the galician pipes i've played the carbony galician pipes before yeah. um i don't have my own set because i'm i just yet i i would like to get them <laughs> um just don't have my own set yet right now. Hey, are the Carbony guys listening right now? You, you, guys, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's been he's been more than generous, more than generous. And if anybody wants anything from Carbony, you can use my first name as a code for a discount. Hey, nice. I'll um, include that in the show notes too. I'll make sure that yeah, that's that's clear. Yeah, in case anybody wants uh, wants some carbon pipes. I think he told me recently that there's about three hundred sets in the world. Of Highland carbony mm, pipes. Gotcha. Right now that have been made or in circulation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one of a kind. Also, but, he let me pick the custom colors for like the mounts. Oh, that's sick. super cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Oh, Just speaking saying. of custom colors and alternate pipes, didn't you recently, I, I think I saw you unboxing a set of 3D printed pipes. Yes. And, and, uh, and no, no pressure to say anything negative I, about anything that anybody's no, no, made. No, no, but like, no. What are those I, been like? I, uh, Am I going to make you, me make you feel bad? Because they're still in the box. Uh-oh. I haven't got a bag for them yet. I've been meaning to get a bag for them forever. I think everybody and knows you're busy. So I'm sure nobody's cute. They're so cute, though. They're like Barbie pipes. Like when the Barbie movie gets released, like mm-hmm, I should do mm-hmm. a video and, you know. But, yeah, can you play that? Uh, oh, they're that, so cute. That Barbie girl song on pipes and trying to like. Dun, 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 dun. Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Probably yeah, uh-huh. close, right? Probably approximately. Something, right. honestly. Well, if if you can, if yeah, we can fudge it. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. It can be fudged. Um, it can be fudged for sure. Now we like it. I, now, now I'm all distracted thinking of Ryan Gosling. Um, let's see here. Ooh. Uh, the, <laughs> the oh, I wanted to know about. I, I saw you traveling a while ago, like <sighs> like taking a flight for a gig, like to go play a wedding or something. Is that are you getting hired like like way far away a lot, or is that kind of a rare occasion at present? Uh, so it happens sometimes, mm-hmm. and mainly it's gigs through where people find me through social media. They're yeah. having an event, and they want you know. They want somebody that they're sure. Yeah. And they want a female piper. They want somebody that they're sure that is going to be good. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I've done, I've done a wedding in Estes park. I've done a wedding in um, Miami, a couple others, Orlando. 
a lot of like in the state traveling for weddings sure, just because yeah. out of state is like I mean you are going to be able to find somebody closer than me if you're out of state right so you're definitely um definitely but they're willing. closer but they're not Gemma so you know worth the money right? yeah yeah, yeah. so I appreciate the support I mean it's really sweet when when somebody appreciates it enough so I I take it as a as a compliment yeah for sure for sure. And There's... then I'm starting, um, go ahead. No, no, go on. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to try to branch out and do more vocals, more original tunes. Um, right. Kind of get that more organized and yeah, grow from there. And so not just like, I remember when you put out that video doing uh, What a Wonderful World, where you combined pipes with vocals <laughs> and that was super fun. But but you're talking like not just pipes with vocals. Like I know you've also put out some like like piano and vocal kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, are, do you think like what well, you're gonna follow up your piping album with like a you know I don't know jazz jazz rendition like piano vocal album or something like that or yeah I mean who's to say who's I think say? I, really who's to say but I I definitely am not looking to get away away I'm not looking to get away from Celtic that's not what I mean mm-hmm. um. Just, I think the pipes are very soulful, and I think there's a lot that can be done with the bagpipes, right? As kind of a as kind of a pipe band player, we play in this weird pitch that doesn't really work with other people. Yeah. So it's almost like you're kind of disconnected from the universal musicality of the bagpipes, mm. where they really are just an instrument. I mean, it is a little bit tricky but you can get almost anything to work Mm. as long as it doesn't have a couple accidentals specifically but (laughs) but i really really enjoy exploring putting the bagpipes together with other instruments in new ways and yeah hopefully you'll hear some of that on the album oh for sure Mm -hmm. now Gemma, i've I've already kept you for a little over an hour Uh, if you need to go totally fine i can bring this to a graceful close if you've got a little more time i could i could for sure keep talking so yeah no i feel like fi- i can do like 15 more minutes okay okay i can keep that in mind here we go then i'm then i'm gonna take you for all you're worth as long as you're willing <laughs> since i've go since ahead. i've got you how, how did you come up with the the, the recurring tie talks segment was that something that just came naturally from oh man in the moment or is that was that premeditated yeah so the tie talks came from me talking to the camera as I get ready before I go into in-person gigs, usually locally. Mm-hmm. Um, when I dress as a bagpiper, you know, it comes with a lot of accessories. It comes with the kilt, it comes with the spore and the gillies, everything. I always try to look nice. I think it's definitely part of the presentation. Mm-hmm. I think like a nice white shirt matters, you know, your socks shouldn't be visibly soiled because believe me, mine have been. I'm not saying that as a put down. That's I have why been all my there. socks are very dark colored. Um, <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. That's the workaround. Get gray yeah. or black socks um, or just launder your white socks more often. <laughs> also an I option. Think, wash your laundry. I think mine I are dirty <laughs> right now. So. <laughs> yeah. But I don't like to drive in my tie. Like, I don't like to wear the tie more than I have to. Like, it's around your neck. It's tight. So I always put on the tie right when I get there. And usually the tie and the vest um, are the last two things I'll put on when I get to the venue before I go in. 
So I just wanted to start doing little tie talks mm-hmm. where I talk as I tie my tie. Cause I always thought it was kind of funny that, um, like a lot of women don't tie their own ties. Right. Um, so it's kind of funny to see me doing this, like kind of like bagpipes, you know, is an unusual activity. And then I'm tying my tie and then I'm mm-hmm. talking fast. And then I think it's just all kind of like a zany energy. Mm-hmm. that turned into just a little recurring segment that I do before I go into every gig. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I do an untie talk because I forgot to do a tie talk at the beginning <laughs> or a reverse tie talk, depending on what I call it that day. Yeah. But yeah, it just ended up being me wanting to share what was going on in my daily life with gigging. Obviously you want to create a piece of engaging content for people like outfits like are visually interesting so you know get some motion get some talking there you go i'm sure it's interesting for for any of your followers but like i i find at least personally like i really really appreciate any time other musicians and especially pipers are willing to put out content that has to do with gigging because Mm -hmm. like i feel like all of us are kind of figuring it out by ourselves and so then like any opportunity to see how other people do it is just like so helpful. Kyle Howie does like vlogs of like behind the scenes on his gigs. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if non, if, if maybe the main audience for those is precisely gigging pipers for this reason. I don't know for certain, but the tight talks falls into the same, same kind of category for me personally is like just a little peek at what other gigging pipers are doing. and, And like, it could be very tempting, I'm sure, as an online personality to like only present very polished, completed uh, pieces mm-hmm. where you're already in your uniform and everything's tuned up and everything like that. But mm-hmm. man, this oh, any kind of willingness to like show the humanity <laughs> is just <Yeah>. really nice, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you appreciate it. Yeah. Um, the tie talks are always never scripted. Yeah. Usually, the first take. Um, mm-hmm. Because I'm usually rushing to get to the gig on time. Yeah, of course. But on time, but by on time, I mean 30 minutes early. Because you know? you, like, you're a professional. That's right. <laughs> of course. Pipers yeah. know. Pipers all know. Um, and, yeah, I like I like to not be perfect and polished on social media. Even though, obviously, the content that I do produce more in the visual way does better metrically. I still think it's important to not always have, well, I think it's important to keep yourself looking good, but that you don't have to be perfect, right? Well, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some element of like the, the difference between being like a, a, a hero figure in the, in the, in the world you know, um, almost an, an imposter. And, and, and then there's also like a relatable figure in the world. Mm-hmm. Both can be like a public persona. And I think really anybody can have both. And I, I suspect that maybe mm-hmm. even like the most quote unquote successful celebrities kind of balance both. You know, there's like this element of like, wow, what that person does is really amazing. And also I can relate to them in some way. Right. And uh, there's mm-hmm. probably, probably importance to having both. Um, you you also did I didn't get to see any video of it or anything like that. I just happened to come across a photo of you playing with Celtica Nova. 
which yeah. I, I remember when their megawatt video came out and it just, I thought it was so cool. They do some like really big, epic, heavy rock kind of stuff with pipes. How did that happen? Yeah, so Celtica Nova is a great band. Chelsea the Piper is definitely a piper that inspired me. Um, and I first met Celtica Nova at the Longs Peak Scottish Irish Highland Festival playing bass with North of Argyle when I was a member playing the bass. We were on tour and sharing the stage with Celtica Nova. Mm -hmm. And in that particular gig, I was playing a little bit of the bagpipes. Um, Actually, on that gig, I was playing bass and the bagpipes because the full-time bagpiper couldn't make that particular gig, so I filled in. And so we had these two bands with female pipers. So obviously, you know, the female pipers got to know each other. And I was like, oh, you know, I love your videos. Like, cool. Like, you love your set. So we all got to know each other. Um, Harold, the leader, took some photos of me. He's a great photographer. And ended up being that they come to Florida and, like, February for the Mount Dora Highland Games. Mm. And they said, Hey, we're going to be in the area in Bradenton, which is like 45 minutes away from me, doing a gig. Come and bring your pipes, do itchy fingers with us. I was like, Okay, sick. So I did it at the bar. They're like, Do you want to do it at this festival tomorrow with us? I was mm. like, Yeah. Yeah. So I go to the festival. I do the number with them. They had their, they had their set, and I um, came and was featured for the number. And it was great. Played with Duncan and Chelsea and um, yeah, had a fantastic time. I think there's a video out on YouTube of it. I'll go try to pick it up then. Yeah, the sound of three bagpipes is fantastic. And yeah, yeah I think I think Celtica has a really fun rock sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Gemma, you've been really uh, very generous with your time and I really appreciate it. A lot of fun to talk to you. There'll be links in the show notes for everybody listening to, to get to cool stuff, uh, your album and, and other things too. You know, life is good. The Droning On podcast is great and bagpipes, it's a beautiful day for some bagpipes. Hey man, that, now that's a beautiful finish. That, that's, I'll, I'll chop it up so that we go out on that because that's lovely. It's a beautiful day for some bagpipes. Far have I traveled and much have